He walked to the edge of the load, grasped the pitchfork, and leaned back, pulling a great roll of hay, a huge and increasing poundage, toward the door of the barn. As the weight increased, as the struggle became greater, a fervor came up in him and burned away. He was putting almost all of his strength into the labor, but carefully, for he knew that when he was at full strain, odd things happened to the tools he used. Axe handles, shovels, new leather reins burst apart. On this very ranch, in the short month of his employment there, he had broken two axes and a big-bladed cross-cut saw meant for two men to sway had snapped while he was using it alone. The temper had failed Daniel Peary on that occasion. "'You big, flat-faced fool!' he had shouted. "'You break anything more on this place and you're fired. That cross-cut saw's worth more than you are. You're a dummy is what you are!' Barney Dwyer sighed as he remembered. People were always talking to him like that, and now he used all the care he could in tugging that monstrous roll of hay to the door of the barn and pushing it through. A drop of rain stung his forehead. It made him hurry his work. Again and again he drove great weights of hay through the barn window. "'Good boy, Barney!' called the cowpunchers, lolling in the dust in front of the bunkhouse. They were all clever experts with rope and gun. When they saw a cow cutting up in the distance, they could tell by its actions what sort of flies were bothering it. They could doctor a sick horse, mend harness, build fence, weave horsehair into ropes and bridles. To see them work, to see what they accomplished with their puny hands, was always a wonder and a delight to him. Therefore, although they laughed as they praised him now, he forgave the laughter and reddened with joy because of the praise. There was more than a ton of hay on that wagon. He cleared it off with the expedition of a Jackson fork until hardly a quarter of it was left. A volley of rain struck him and put twenty small, cold fingertips upon his skin. He ran to complete his work, dipped the pitchfork deep, and heaved back. Alas, the handle of the fork shattered and broke off close to the tines. Fear came over him. He saw the boss leap up and run toward the wagon. He dared not face Daniel Peary. "'Get off of that!' shouted Peary. Get off of that wagon! Get off the ranch! I'm through with you! I never saw such a fool! Get off that wagon! He climbed down to the ground. After the weight of exertion that he had laid upon himself, his body felt light. He was covered with sweat, and the wind blew him cold all over. But his heart was colder still. Night was coming on, but there was no shadow in night to compare with the darkness of his spirit. He looked down at the ground. All that he saw of Daniel Peary was the hand that he brandished under his nose. You're as worthless as that fool of a Mustang mare. She's big, too. She's strong, too, and what's she worth? She ain't worth a damn. I'm through with you. I'm going to pay you off. I owe you forty dollars, and I'm going to give it to you now. You take it and get out. I ought to take off the price of the things you've broke. You've eaten for three, and you've broken for ten. That freckled fellow, Billy Murphy, sang out, 
Give him the mare for part pay. Give him the mare for thirty dollars. I'll do it, shouted Daniel Peary, his rage increasing as his injustice began. I'll throw in the mare for thirty dollars. Take her. Take her and the old saddle and bridle in the barn. Take the bunch for thirty-five dollars. Take that or you don't take nothing. Barney Dwyer looked sadly toward Murphy. Billy Murphy was clever at everything. He could sew like a woman, sing like a minstrel, do magic tricks with cards, and clever men were always the hardest on Barney Dwyer. What would I do with the mare, Mr. Peary? he asked. What would anybody do with a horse rider, you half-wit? shouted Daniel Peary. Barney Dwyer shrank again. He could not argue, but he knew that the best horse wranglers in the outfit had